0: Welcome to Saladcast, episode seventeen. Hi Glenn, how you doing? Uh, I'm
1: okay, yeah. It's been a busy week, a return to football, which is excellent, watching some live football, um, some nearly nearly moments in the games as well, in terms of trying to get that first win of the season at home. But um wasn't to be Ollie, but certainly positives to look at for sure. Um and, and some of the same little issues we've been going through all season. But yeah, another interesting week under Steve Cottrell, uh, his first league week, I suppose.
0: Yeah, he's had a mad week, hasn't he, really? He's been here what, nine days or something, ten days. Um, and he's had three games already. <laughs> um but no defeats, nope. so that's positive. Um so yeah, so we'll cover the Ackington Stanley game on the Wednesday and then um the Charlton game on Saturday, um, for the two the two games this week.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I think we're going to talk about the return to football and my experience of it this week, but um, similar to, to the, the FA Cup game, Ollie, wasn't it, when we were talking about it? And yeah, unfortunately, you're still stuck watching it on iFollow while I attend the games. And I think we're we maybe looking at it's giving us a different viewpoint of games or something, and, and you're second watching back of the game, So I think we're anticipating a little bit of a, a clash on a few things this week, aren't we, Ollie?
0: <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't think the clash comes down to how we're watching the game. No, I think it just comes down to different opinions.
1: Yeah, possibly. We'll see where we get to, but um, is it's certainly getting to a point now where um, you know we put the players under more scrutiny now. Ricketts has gone. We mentioned that last week, didn't we? So it's going to be um, an interesting observation of, of who's really stepping up when, when we need them now at the moment and, and trying to get that first win. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to get straight into Akron, tonight? Yeah,
0: let's get into it.
1: Adrian Morris on the burst from halfway. Plays in Warley. for 3-0. Morley taps... So the first game this week uh, was Wednesday night, Ollie. Obviously, we moved the game um, back from the Tuesday so that we could get the fans in on the Wednesday night. And... um yeah, it was Shrewsbury Town 2, uh, Accrington Stanley 2, with goals from Pierre and Sean Wally, um, who are generally our top scorers at the moment, and uh, the Accrington goals from Pritchard and Ryan Cassidy on 95 minutes, as bloody usual. So, yeah, um, obviously this was Cottrell's first game, wasn't it, Ollie? Um And a manager um, in his first league game looking for a first win since Turner, which is a bit worrying that we've gone through quite a series of managers now without winning their first game, Ollie.
0: Yeah, well, I guess it's kind of um, symptomatic of when they come in, isn't it? They come in and take over, a, yeah, a team that's struggling, and there's normally some quite fundamental issues of the team. Um, when they come in,
1: Well there's been a massive rebuild over the summer. Even you look at Mellon when he came in, I suppose. So, um, yeah, it's no, never an easy task to win your first game, is it? And I got a few things about a new manager bounce later on, which are, are quite interesting. But yeah, it wasn't to be. We obviously didn't win the first game, but we came just about as close as you possibly can, Ollie. So, um, yeah, let's let's run through the team, mate.
0: So, um, yeah, a couple of changes in the lineup. So Sarsic was in goal, so that's good to have a bit of stability in goal. And uh-huh. um, we had Williams, we had Walker coming in for Ebanks after he had his head injury, uh, and then Pierre. And then we had Miller, Norban, and Goss, and Daniels. Vela playing as the number 10, and then um, yeah, Wally up front, and Nadeau came into the team. So, yeah, it's kind of pretty much the team I think most fans expected.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, Ebanks has taken a series of big blows to the head, hasn't he, over the the course of his time at the football club and another one against Oxford. So we have no cover at at centre-back, do we? When we're playing the three. So we've discussed this and and Walker came in and did a reasonably good job, to be fair, at at times in the game. So wasn't really too surprised about that. Um, I guess, you know, you say no surprises, Ollie, but I guess Goff starting is a big surprise because um, Sam Ricketts had led us to believe, even though he didn't actually say it, that, you know, he wasn't registered for for league games. Um, Obviously, there was spaces left in the squad for him to be registered now, which I know you point out on Twitter, but you know, Goss coming back in was pretty shocking to be fair. I don't think we were really expecting to see him back after the way the season started.
0: On Sunday, Monday, yeah, I would have said that, but by when by the time Team Sheet came out, no. And um, there's a bit of confusion here because yeah, it's almost as if the manager had led the media to believe mm. that though Goss couldn't play. Where in actual fact what we'd done is so the registration for the squad was the transfer window in October. So basically, then they registered there. Obviously, we had a lot of injuries there. So, what the club did is the club basically left free spaces. So it wasn't the case of unregistering or anything like that. Is literally, you know, some players like Saric and Goss were not registered, yeah. so they registered. But I believe now we yeah we've taken the two the twenty two now. So there's no Love coming back, for example. No,
1: Love's not been on the bench as you he? say. So he's Clearly not been registered as well. But I think it just it just kind of cements the fact that um, as much as he would say Goss was out of favour, clearly that's what it was. You know, when he when he said that phrase, that was completely true. It was that he just didn't want to play him and he didn't rate him anymore, and and that's why he hadn't been registered. So kind of kind of well, I'm sure
0: after it, Cambridge he said something yeah on the lines that he wasn't gonna play, so that's a bit yeah. cheeky. But anyway, let's not talk about the uh, old marriage
1: It's interesting because obviously Goss came back and, and you know thought yeah. he did quite well as we'll go through the game to be honest with you. So yeah, that was it. I'm, I'm starting to you know I was quite harsh when Vela started playing for us and played that number ten role. I was I've said a couple of times I think on the podcast, I'm not sure that's his role. Certainly this game and, and the next game we're gonna talk about. I'm starting to see a bit more about Vela in the ten role. So um yeah quite quite pleased to see him playing there now and, and wearing the number ten as well. It's quite um sort of yeah interesting to have the number ten in a number ten shirt. It doesn't happen very often. Of football sometimes at the moment. So yeah, I was pleased with that. Wally and the up front, obviously. Nice to see a striker come back. So yeah, you know, it, sort of with that win. Um as hard as it'd been against Oxford. We were hoping sort of a little bit of a positivity of rub off on this game, and um I think it probably probably did Ollie.
0: Yeah, and it's you know worth giving context. I can just Stanley coming into the game in a good league position. Yeah. Um they're currently in the top ten for form. So you know, we've got this really tough spell coming up and December's going to be a nightmare. Mm. Um and that's almost why I kind of almost alluding to that is yeah, that, um, you know if we'd chosen the manager earlier you know he might have had a bit of a run yep. um, but yeah we are we are now and the manager unfortunately um, has got a real tough run of fixtures because we've got Lincoln and and Hull after these two games which is going to be a challenge First um yeah, so, you know, December's going to be a tough month and the fans need to be quite patient, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, very true. I suppose that is true. I'm, I'm losing a bit of patience because we are not in 10 games, but it's 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 negated by the fact we have got a new manager, I suppose, and we're starting to see some signs of progress in terms of, you know, the way we're playing. But, um, Christ, we really need a win. But
0: we, oh, we yeah, need... we need a win. Yeah. We need a win, but I mean purely with the manager. Yes. Um, there's obviously yeah, and he's so much he can do and he doesn't have a lot of training time. But actually, while we're talking about the manager, it's good because, yeah, his his post and pre-match actually give you some content um, and give you some information, uh, which makes a refreshing change. And in this game, we definitely saw a bit of an impact in what he's been doing because I thought we started the game all right.
1: So, yeah, started it pretty pretty good, I think, in terms of uh, being quite lively, um, quite pacey, quite pressing and, and looking to be maybe a bit more attacking than we've seen under Ricketts and... Didn't really take too long to create the first couple of chances. Um, and, and, yeah, just generally thought that we were a bit more solid in terms of, of the way we were playing. But, um, you know, small increments from where we were, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's, I think, you know, under Ricketts, we'd always talk about five at the back. Um, and we, we don't we don't play, you know, this is proper three at the back football, isn't it? This is three, four, one, two formation, not five, two. Um, and that was seen where Wally picked up the ball and did a really nice um, cross-field ball to Miller. He took it down really well, crossed the ball into the box. Um, he kind of, it's again, one of these ones we've talked about before, where did he, did, did he cross too fast mm. or was no one there? For me, I think he did cross a bit too fast. Vella was um, was running really fast, trying to try and get in the box, but he doesn't. He wasn't. He wasn't there in time. Yep. Um, I thought Miller just was a bit too keen there to get the ball in the box. Yeah, um,
1: which, which is interesting because uh, it's funny. An observation I made on the on the Saturday game, and it, it was probably the same against Accrington, was that one of the ways we seem to be building our patterns of play is is kind of getting into good positions from the long diagonals, or, or even coming through the midfield, and almost getting to a point on the edge of the box where if we had a Leon Clark there, you think they'd gamble and, and toss a ball in there to a, to a target man. But with it being a Doe through the Middle East last few weeks and not quite having that physicality, I, I particularly noticed that on the Saturday game, which maybe I should have mentioned it for that one. But it, it, to me, it feels like he's building a team that might actually work a little bit better with that target man, with that Leon Clark position, position filled. Um, so I don't, I don't know what you think of that, Ollie. but I just noticeable over these two games, I think, in terms of maybe that's what he's building towards.
0: Yeah, I think maybe it's worth talking about this now because we're definitely yeah. going to talk about the Doe in the second game. Um, I really love a Doe. He works really hard. seems like a really nice guy. doesn't score goals. He's not. Uh, he's not. I don't. I don't think he's a league one standard striker. I've said this before, and he got burned with Collins. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but I genuinely don't think that Ado is 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 good enough for this level. I think he'd be, do well in League Two. But I think non League to League One has been too much of a jump for him. Um, he works really hard. He did some really good link up play here. He was great in this
1: game. Yeah. I just he
0: does. But he, but he yeah. great in outside the box. <laughs> Everything. He's but. great. You know, winning the ball and pressing and doing stuff. I, you know, wouldn't you just love a striker that's just one-touch goal?
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, and I think that's what, what I was seeing is a lot of times is we were getting to the edge of the box and maybe being a bit more attacking and, and having that possession football further up the pitch than we were under Ricketts. But just still getting a bit stuck in terms of not trusting that ball into a dough because you, you just know he isn't going to have the physicality to, to rise above a, someone and head it in from the six-yard box.
0: He'd probably work well in a two, wouldn't he? If we yeah. had a genuine yeah. poacher in there. And then maybe that's where he comes alive and we see more from him. So yeah. maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Because it's but yeah, you know, I, you kind of want your striker to score more goals than he does, and oh, he hasn't scored. I totally agree with you. Enough. I
1: mean, I've been the same on on Cummins about his poor goal scoring record, and ADO not far off from that, to be honest with you. And and you know, he's in my in and around my top three for both these games purely for work work rate. And at the moment in a relegation battle, I can kind of accept him playing um, because you know you're going you're gonna to get 100 percent out of him. He's going to at least keep defenses a bit more, um, uh, you know, on their back foot. He is helping us in terms of he's doing a reasonable job through the middle, and um, particularly in this game, I thought. But you're right when the chance comes. It's likely he's going to spurn it. Unfortunately, I mean, he scored against Oxford City, but um, it's been a while, you know, since we've seen a regular goal scoring streak in League One. But you know, who, who knows? Maybe Cottrell can, can change the way he plays and turn him into a different player. We'll have to see. But yeah, if I was to just his
0: stats just to back that yeah. up, so he's um, so twenty five games last year, four goals, uh, twelve games this year, one goal. Not great. And that's in the league, and he scored no goals in the cups. Um, either. Mm. Um, so yeah. Works hard, um, but yeah, we need we need some more goals, some more strikers. Yeah. Especially when we don't you know we don't have midfielders. <laughs> Um, and wing backs that
1: score goals. <laughs> we just have defenders that score goals. Yeah. That's it. Um, and and yeah. Wally. That's it. Um, but no. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's just a bit off tangent, really, because we we talk yeah. about how we're seeing changes in the play, and and that's my first observation, really. I, th- I think we're we're building ourselves towards Clark coming back in, or even in January, someone of his ilk to play that role through the middle, which is similar to how he played at Bristol City, I believe. But um, I don't know. What in terms of you know we can go through a bit more of the games. What what if, what you know during this first half? What sorts of other things were you seeing, Ollie, that you thought were a bit different?
0: Um. I thought, well, not different, the same. They <laughs> lose the ball in defence. And, and they have a shot, but good save from Sarcic's. Um I thought, um, you know, I thought Norburn played, played some good balls. Um, so there's a good, good pass on Norburn over to Wally, cuts in from the left, um, cuts in and fires wide. And I just think we were a little bit more, um, we had a bit more attacking intent um, I thought we were a bit more directive.
1: of our tacks. Mm. In to norburn he's played more forward passes in the last two games than he has for the last two years. So that's probably something positive to look at in terms of him getting midfielders to get their head up and maybe look to play those passes that they just weren't doing under Ricketts. So I think that's another, maybe an observation that, uh, that you can make as well. Um, but you're right in terms of, of, of the mistakes. They're still there, aren't they? The individual mistakes. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's there's definitely question marks about this first goal, isn't there, in terms of the goalkeeper, mm-hmm.
0: Ollie. Actually, not the goalkeeper, really. You don't reckon? No, I'm no. actually watching it back, and actually, interestingly, um, someone um, recorded it from behind the goal, and I saw their video. Um, and yeah, well, I'll come to that now. So basically, Williams gives away a daff foul, um, and basically have a free kick, um, and um, like the parting of the waves, yeah, the, the wall Poor. parted, and the ball went straight through the middle mm. of it. So, I, in, in, same as you, in real time, I thought, actually, that it was sar 's fault. Yeah. Um, but watching it and seeing that video on Twitter, um, it was actually the defence of fault, the people, guys in the in the war, um, cocked it up. He
1: got hands to it, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did quite well to get to it, but you should you hope that the war wouldn't part yeah. like that.
1: No, it's a bit of an un- unnecessary uh, additional problem for a goalkeeper to deal with, wasn't it? I mean, on the night, again, in the stadium... He was getting a lot of the blame, but um, you know, you're viewing that on your first your first view from over on the west stand. It looked like if you get down to hands to it, you should save it. But um, I'll take I'll take your view on that one. I mean, it, it's a bit harsh to be too harsh on Sarkic because across these two games, he's been pretty decent for me, Ollie. In terms of again, one of the things I questioned when he first came in, Ollie, if you remember, he made a few mistakes under the high ball. He's really good under the high ball. Maybe it was just nerves in his first couple of games for us, but he's become quite dominant in the box, hasn't he?
0: Yeah I think he's really yeah. good Yeah, um, I think he's a really really goalkeeper I think he's a class above the other two um, he's for me definitely a championship standing goalkeeper um, and I think the defence is more um, reassured of him being in goal
1: Yeah I think so and I think he maybe is the one if you're going to you occasionally going to see us play out from the back occasionally a bit more as well. Like we saw on Oxford, maybe he's got a bit more about him in terms of his control and his, his, his sort of passing ability. So um, when we have seen that in the last few weeks, he doesn't look like he's going to make He does years. that
0: a few times yeah. as well. So yeah, it's good to point that out. So yeah, I remember in the game you were commenting about the Oxford City um, we're passing out from the back yep. and we mixed it up here. Yep. So there was quite a lot of long balls. But a few times as well, he did also play it short as well. Um, obviously, we're alluding to where the manager after the Oxford City game was talking about him looking for options. So that's good. Um, but talking of positive, mm. it didn't take as long um, for us to get back back into it. Um, so basically, yeah, free kick on the right-hand side. Um, Daniels um, runs over to take the free kick, um, put into the box. And Miller nearly got to it, but really good concentration from Pierre. And he heads it home.
1: It's another week where we've scored three goals from set pieces, Ollie. I would like to point yeah. that out. We're not... St- still not free scoring from open play yet no. but yeah you know when you've got the quality of Daniels we're going to probably score a few more free kicks than we used to but yeah uh, you know as we've talked about Daniels he's been going through a rough spell um, in the last three or four weeks particularly maybe from that Peterborough game where we thought Ricketts should go Ollie through to, to maybe when Steve Cottrell come in I don't think he had a good game he had a pretty average game against Oxford but this week he's definitely shown again a little bit more I think Ollie he's, he's got caught under the high ball a few times but you know when you've got the quality of free kicks he's worth persisting with I think at the moment and I think you'll probably see him in Goldborne dovetail their 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 positions all the way through to Christmas now to keep them or to keep at least one of them fit I suppose but yeah good good free kick you know Miller almost got there with his area ability but um, I don't know when Pierre kind of gets one six yards out he, he's pretty accurate and pretty deadly from those sort of situations doesn't he and um, yeah he's he's definitely becoming a pretty good centre back goal scorer for us isn't he you know we've we've had a few over the years but um, he's certainly contributing um, you know maybe more up, up front than he has been in defence this season <laughs> yeah
0: he's been doing really well mean um, he's a joint top goal scorer <laughs> yeah. of three goals no yeah it's not It's not too bad um, obviously we just yeah, just so that goes to show again, just right, repeating myself goes back to the discussion we had we had a moment ago, um and yeah I thought we ended the half quite positive positive. Mm-hmm. Um, warley cross and Vella headed wide oh, yeah, I should um we had a Wally free kick and Miller headed wide, um so yeah, I thought we ended the half well. Um, and yeah god knows what um, what was done at half time but i thought we came out and were even better in the second half
1: yeah I, I one thing i would just say about that first half is one of the things that pleased me the most was we we let a goal in on you know whatever it was 40 no, it wasn't 40 something twenty twenty six but 24 minutes and normally it takes us a while to shake that sort of thing off, doesn't it? But, we, you know, we scored two minutes after that. So it showed that maybe, you know, the heads aren't dropping quite as much as they were under Ricketts. And, you know, they're, they're still trying to show that manager what they've got. And to get back on level terms so quickly was was pretty vital for the game, I thought, to be honest with you. Because um, if we've gone in behind at half-time, it's never normally ended well. So, um, yeah, that was the only other observation I had from the first half, Ollie, was that it was it was good to see them showing that, that tenacity. But, um, yeah, I thought that we, we did well. Created a lot more sort of chances, I suppose, than we have been doing recently. But still not enough on target, unfortunately, you know. Still, kind of, you know, crosses wide and headers wide, and, and a bit unlucky about a few of those at moments. But um, we need to start consistently hitting the target a little bit more, I think, if we're going to start scoring goals from open play. But yeah, I, I could... That's where I
0: come back to the, yeah. my point about patience. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we are a. Um, yeah, if, we were, a, if we we're a car, I think you'd probably put it, send it to the tip. Um, <laughs> but yeah, second half, um, I think, yeah, the, the team came out and were a lot more confident on the ball. And we were definitely the best. The better half in the second half, I thought. Uh-huh. Um, started quite well. Vella to Worley, um, crossed to a Doe. Um, keeper flaps, and uh, yeah, Miller's effort was blocked. That was a really good opportunity. Um, good effort from Stanley. Um, he was wide from from Butcher, who's offered a threat all game. Um, and he was interesting there. Walker talking to Williams about his positional. Um, it was always interesting when you kind of notice. Um, the players talking amongst themselves
1: yeah well we'll get to that on the next game as well with you <laughs> in Norburn but um, yeah I, I thought actually my observations of the second half and being there on the night and, and seeing the sort of wider play and how everything was going was we started really well and I thought that Miller was actually one of the, the best outlets during that second half early on for maybe the first 10 15 minutes and he, he kept trying to find space and was actually finding the space as the, as the team shuffled it around um, with the passing and to be fair to Accrington you know they only went about 15 minutes before they changed it and the guy that scored I think his name was Pritchard he been. Been like a yeah. bit more of an attacking player, it was really noticeable that then from about fifty minutes onwards, they dropped him much deeper, and they had sort of two on Miller and and I think it was sort of the, the wide right player. I can't remember what it was now, but it was noticeable that they noticed how much pressure they were under, and they reacted by dropping someone back. And obviously, it was a, it was a point at this point in time. It didn't feel like they were settling for a draw. It was just a bit canny, I thought, from their manager. And it did take a little bit of impetus out of us for a while. But again, we worked through that. We started to change it to the other side and get Daniels involved more. I quite liked that on, on Tuesday night as well. They they looked at a problem they had. Cottrell obviously observed it and was making change about how we approached attacking. And yeah, again, another thing I'm going to give you know the team and Cottrell credit for on Tuesday night was adapting to some of the changes that Akron made on the night.
0: Yeah, well, I think we we're going to talk about returning to normality mm. a few times in this podcast so when we get to Salad News. Um, doing some things which are quite standard. Um, but yeah, it's good to see that we can do that because um, it's yeah. been sorely missing. Um, but things that have was, yeah, so again, coming now to a highlight of the game, I think. Um, so yeah, Dove <laughs> yeah. was on a good run. Um, you win to free kick. Um and you never expected this to happen. Wally puts it all down. There's a bit of a um yeah, a bit of a committee. Um so I remember Norburn, Daniels and Worley being there. Wally decides, "No, I'm the man for the job," and he yeah. puts it into the top corner. And yeah, it's got that's got to be one of the best free kicks we, um, we've seen at the Meadow.
1: I said that on Twitter uh, later that night when I got home and was thinking about it. I, I can't think of many free kicks I've seen of better quality um, in my time supporting Shrewsbury Town, and, and particularly it
0: was laser accuracy wasn't. It? Yeah,
1: particularly at the New Meadow. And, and the funniest thing about it was on the night. You know, you, it's over the other side away from the West Stand. You know, it's a, a cold Wednesday night in December. The sort of the haze is coming down. The lights are shining through it. I was like, great, it Daniels, fair play. He's got some quality from free kicks. And then like <laughs> you suddenly see Wally wheeling away, and I'm like, oh right, oh I wasn't expecting that because you, you expect Daniels to be taking pretty much yeah. every set piece. Now, so you know, while, while was, I think it was a good
0: call, though, wasn't it? Yeah? Because it was it was the right footers yeah. um, kind of position.
1: Yeah. But you know, let's give Wally some absolute credit. You know, in terms of the, the improvements that we've seen, you know, in terms of performance and, and stuff like that, he's definitely been a leading force in them for me. Um, this game particularly, he, you know, we can talk about the free kick and, and the goal, and but we, we can talk about his all-round play. He is, you know, even at his older age now, he's still an absolute nuisance at this level. And um, I think that someone, maybe it was, maybe it was Cottrell, maybe it wasn't. It was someone else, you know, talking about him in the week saying you can't believe he never got a chance to go and play at a championship level. And we've talked about this on the podcast a lot of times before. But to be fair, we're lucky. We're lucky if we're home for 200 games. And, you know, this slow start in that first season has just kicked on and on and on. And if we can keep him fit for the rest of the season, he will be massive to keeping us up, Ollie, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. We need someone else up front enough yep. offer that, 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 that goal threat. Um, but, it, yeah, if, if, even if it's just as an impact sub or something, yeah. or we're playing against a team and we're pinning them back and he plays wide on the right, then yeah, definitely he's a good option to have in the squad.
1: So there you go. 2-1 we beat Akron Ollie, and everyone was really pleased, weren't they? And we all moved on for Steve Cottrell's first win.
0: Oops. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't to happen. Oh, so, God, this yeah. season. Last, so in extra time, ninety four five minutes and yeah, ball into the box um, and Pierre just has a bit of a hot head and just basically comes through the player after he'd cleared it, yeah. after he'd kind of kicked it away. Um, and yeah, utterly terrible... Um, and then penalty taken, um, actually saved, and then in off the rebound. Classic. Um, so, yeah, it really feels bad for Sarsis there, because, you know, saved a penalty, save. and lucky to concede. Yeah. But what did you make of Pierre's error?
1: <sighs> Pathetic, really, to be honest with you. Like, one week he'll make a mistake and then score a goal to make up for it. This week it felt like he scored a goal and then had to make a mistake to even everything out the other way around this time. And it's just, it is frustrating. And I, I was... Pretty, you know, I've been upset about, you know, not winning for such a long period of time. Losing this game probably hit me harder than maybe a lot this season. And not because, like, the frustration of Ricketts obviously completely baffled us, didn't it, Ollie? We've been losing our minds about it for a while. But just how important this would have been to get a first win under our belts, knowing we have a massively hard run coming up to just keep us in in and, and, and amongst it, for me, this this goal and the mistake we made it just really does point a finger at as much as this quality and we've got a new manager. If we keep making mistakes like this, we we can still be in trouble by the end of this season. And it was such a such a vital thing to have held on. And I, I, the, the feeling when it went in, Ollie, in the stadium, the two thousand people, it was just such a deflating feeling again. And I kind of forgotten how that felt having not been to games. And um, oh, just a gutter, You you put on Twitter, didn't you? The word of the, the word of the night was gutted. And God, it really was.
0: Yeah, it was a sucker punch, wasn't oh. night, cause it? Because it would have been perfect. It would have given us that lift, that new manager, and win. Um, yeah. Obviously, fans being in, um, yeah, it would have been absolutely perfect. Um, but for me, I did a tweet after the game, um, and for me, I, I, and this is my thoughts after the game and how I felt, I was like, I don't really care about the negatives this evening, and the positives outweigh the negatives. There's a reason to be, believe we can turn this around. Um, yeah. The was entertaining, the fans are back, and it feels like we got our team back, because it was a much, much better performance.
1: Better performance, yeah, but you know, I, I'm desperate for points, desperate for that win, yeah. and that's why that came across cross I think maybe and, and felt more gutted than I was pleased about the progress we might be making it's, it's one game into leagues you know under Cottrell so it's very early to judge quite how much progress we're making but to just make that error again and really just kick ourselves in the balls when we didn't need to was just that's how I left really feeling and, and the walk home was was a bit annoying really but um you know as I say, there's there's definitely definitely things to point out you know and we can't say this is the, the finished deal we're going to keep saying that for weeks I think Ollie but you know well, things yeah, that, if we like could build on wins yeah it's, it's a exactly. valid argument but um yeah, just just a gutter really and um yeah, poor old Sarkic saves a penalty and then and then it t- still still's going on the rebound, doesn't it? But oh I don't know. It's just it's just what this season seems to all be about at the moment. Just continual errors kicking us in the balls when we don't need them. But if we can eliminate those under Cottrell, we'll be we'll do much better, won't we?
0: Yeah we certainly will so mm. um, talking to players top three um, I went for Wally, Addo and Norburn but I thought I had a special mention for Vela I thought he had yeah. a good game who De- did you go for?
1: Definitely Wally was the outstanding player in the yeah. game for me regardless of his goal he was he would have been man of the match anyway um, and Addo I said I really really appreciate his work rate and as much as we were maybe quite negative on him then he definitely stood out in this game um, for the third as I say you, you could have picked a few. I think Avello deserves a shout. Um, and I thought Goss, considering he'd come back to play league football the first time, he, he was also in for a shout for my third place. I thought he was solid and unspectacular. He didn't really make mistakes and, and held the ball quite well. And then also Walker as well, I wanted to pay some credit for in this game um, because he he did well as the sort of makeshift centre-back again. And, you know, we are we are missing another centre-back there, but he's doing just as much as he could. But I went for Miller in the end. I just thought, particularly in that, that period where he played really well in the second half, he really gave us an option. And um, the crossfield ball, as we've seen in these two games from either Pierre or Ebanks to Miller, or Daniels on the right hand left hand side that's kind of one of the tactics we seem to be utilising quite a lot Um, and and he certainly got the physicality to to do that role quite well so yeah, it was a bit of a shade really between a few but I went for Miller Um, and and yeah, in all all fairness there wasn't anyone that really played awful in this game and it's the first time I could say that for a while Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll come back to that point I think later in the second game (laughs) <laughs> but um, I'll save that one up but yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought overall it was a de- decent performance but obviously we're, we're in a results game and results are obviously the priority at the moment or well, the priority all the time but exactly. yeah particularly when we're obviously second from bottom um, so what did the manager say um, so he was really play, proud of the players and the first half he looked a bit nervous but turning around performance in the second half and to dominate a team we were far by the better side he said it was an excellent finish from Sean he didn't know he had that in the bag um, the pen um, yeah he thought um, he thought you know he thought it was um, it was a penalty and he's yeah he's, I don't want to put words in his mouth but he was basically talking about how like you know we were anxious to clear um, plenty of pleased about going forward um, and I thought it was also worth noting Glenn um, and something of the fans might have to get used to because you know we were sometimes Street Town fans can have some odd obsessions Let's be honest. I um, mean, he doesn't normally clap at the end of games. That's one of my obses- uh,
1: odd obsessions as well, Ollie. Let's be fair.
0: <laughs> but for me, yeah, I'm sure you don't really care if the manager wins, whether he claps the fans or not. Well, wow. it's not something he normally does, but he did clap the fans because he was the first game back in his first game.
1: Yeah. And also, you know, yeah, I think it was an appreciation of the people that had come out on a Wednesday night um, with COVID going on and taking that risk. Not that it feels like there's much of a risk and we'll run through the experience at the end of the game. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think that was just appreciation, really. And, and he might not do it all the time, but I suspect he claps us a lot more when he wins games and he draws and loses them, Ollie. So that's what happens with most managers. Um, and One thing I would just say, as summing this game up, I'll give the other thing I wanted to say is we played a lot of poor teams this season, Ollie, and, and not beaten them. This is, wasn't the case. Accrington are a decent team. I think they'll be yeah. top half this season. and um, They had some pretty talented players. They had a game plan. And they weren't just too fit and long. They they like to play football. So, you know, uh, this week we played two good teams and drawn both of those games, which is fine. You know, you they're both home games. You'd like to have maybe nicked one win, which, is, which would have been the Accrington game. But this certainly wasn't the case of playing Burton-Northampton back-to-back home to game, uh, back-to-back and losing or drawing those. This was two good teams that we went toe-to-toe yeah. with and, and at least had a crack.
0: Yeah, and Accrington-Stanley beat... Um, um, Milton Keynes-Dons 2-1 um, yep. of the weekend and they're 7 unbeaten now and they are 7th in the league just outside the playoffs yep. with 2 yep. games in hand so yeah like you say they're no mugs
1: oh, we're in a pretty tricky run at the moment but there we go so yeah that was that was Wednesday night and obviously yeah on a Wednesday night we didn't have long to wait to the next game Ollie. so yeah we'll part, pause that one there and we'll move on to Charlton that's uh, Nolan it's Spichel and John Nolan Bring down the team who've stood tall amongst giants in League
0: One this season. So, um Shusher Town won, um Charlton Athletic one, both goals coming in the second half. Um in terms of Charlton coming to this game, they'd won five games out of eight on the road. Um, and obviously compare that to Shrewsbury, where we ha- haven't won at home. Um, and that's in, in nine, maybe even ten now. I think it's nine. Um, but yeah, um, not not a great home record. That's pretty atrocious.
1: Yeah, I mean, you saw Lewis Cox's tweet about this, which is very... Worrying for me, um, but it's the first time in our in our history we've started a league season without a win in eight home games. So that's seventy years of football league history. Um, there would been previously been a couple of sevens um, and then a win, but to get eight games without a win at home is, is pretty depressing. And it's interesting, isn't it? You know, we've got a New manager and all that sort of stuff. But it's a pretty good job the fans haven't actually been there watching these eight games in a row because I think everyone would have lost <laughs> would have lost their minds at that. To be honest with you, so yeah, that's a, a pretty bad stat. But that was one from Lewis for once, not for me. Um, and then yeah, just you know, we all this every week now I said last week we were eleven points behind where we were this time in the league, but the points this week have got us back to ten points behind, so a little bit of a a clawback on our, our level from last season, but still still way behind obviously um and then yeah, there's a couple of things really the, the ten games without a win now that we're on in in total um is the sixteenth worst run in our football league history um and if we don't beat you know I think we're, we're hold next week, aren't we um which is which is tricky. Um, and sorry, we've got Lincoln and Hull, haven't we? In the next couple of games, if we don't win the next game, basically, um, we'll be in the top seven worst football league runs we've ever had, um, in the seventy-year football history. So, could really do with a win uh, in the next game. Um, a new manager bounce. Ollie was the last one. We've had three managers in a row now that haven't won their opening game. But I think you mentioned when we were briefly talking about, you know, being Cottrell's first game. Um, that you know it, they're always taking over a bit of a shambles of a team. But yeah, again, it's it's three managers in a row that haven't won the opening two. So so that's interesting. But there's a lot of runs going on at the moment, Ollie, and and they really need to stop happening, don't they?
0: Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's the stats are horrendous, <laughs> um, and yeah, hopefully we can kind of get away from it soon. But it's as I said, I keep I think I have to keep saying, you know, the the fixture list is not very kind. Freaking horrible. Um, in terms of what Quattro's what's, um, got to manage. yeah. Um, but the team, um, so basically, yeah, we started it was in goal again. Um, Williams, Ebanks is back, and Pierre in defence, so thank God we had a, our three main central defenders back. We um, yeah, had Miller, Norburn, and then Vela dropped into mm. central midfield. Um, Daniels on the left. Pugh came in um, playing as a number 10 role, and then we had Wally and Doe up front again. Um, and we saw um, Brad Walker um, in the dugout um, with a boot on and he's going to be out for maybe up to, up to two months.
1: Well this is why you said it's really good that we got Williams, E-Bank and Pierre, Ebanks and Pierre back because Brad Walker's out for six to eight weeks. You know we're getting injury updates from the new manager aren't we Ollie which I know is particularly pleasing you. It's, it's
0: crazy isn't it? <laughs> so, this thing about the manager actually sharing some information with, uh, with the fans and media.
1: So if any of them gets injured I suspect the next option we have which we saw against Oxford City is Charlie Daniels playing at centre back which is going to be an interesting one watch- if, or if we go to about four, maybe. Yeah, maybe it depends on how he wants to. Whether he wants to stick around, uh, around. If he wants to, you know, change it around and put down his there or go to back four, you're right. It's it's an option, but yeah, we definitely. Walker Vaughan have...
0: could probably do a shift at the, in, the, in that, that third as well. He's an experienced pro.
1: I'm sure a lot of people could do a shift, but um, it's just not ideal, is it? To be honest, we're having no cover for a three centre back tactic. But we are where we are. Brad Walker's going to be out until the new year. So um and and just a word on Brad Walker, really. I mean, how unfortunate is that for him? You know, he's really not put a foot wrong that this season, despite the car crash that at times has been occurring around him. You know, in midfield, in the games he's played, he's done well. Scored one really really great golden in the FA Cup, scored I think another one maybe in the, in the EFL FL trophy. You know, he's played centre back out of position and never really let us down. When he's played midfield he's been impressive and suddenly, you know, a new manager comes in who you know might not might not rate him and he's out for six or eight weeks. It's it's awful timing. I do feel a bit sorry for him to be honest.
0: Yeah, it is a shame for him, yeah, to to not have the opportunities. Obviously there's so many games as well. I yeah. think, you know, if he was fit he would have played you know, at least at one every 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 week um, with so many games, and he's had a good season. So yeah, it is a, a real shame for him um, because was. he's been pushing on well.
1: Yeah, he had been pushing on, and probably one of the more improved players this season. But um, we're gonna have to wait a while to see that kick on again. So yeah, again, I suppose my overall view of this another another um, interesting game, another competitive game that's for sure, Ollie, and um, one where we we certainly created our chances as it went on.
0: Yeah, it was. I thought it was a bit. This first half was a bit scrappy. Um, I, I thought. It was interesting, you know, we were a bit slow maybe taking the off throwing and stuff. Um, I think we were kind of respecting their quality. Um, it was interesting actually, I can't remember who it was for apologies, um, when I was talking about ADO, and ADO did quite well against Stanley. Um, he really struggled against the back two of Charlton. Um, who are you know, arguably yeah. cent- you know championship quality central defenders, and it just shows what they did because they just nullified him. He, he was bouncing off them. Um, I thought a few times actually he 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 got fouled and he didn't get anything. Mm. I don't know whether that was the I don't know yeah whether it's just the referee just going well this guy's a championship defender. I don't believe. I don't know who this other guy is and kind of thing because we did throughout this game. I thought we're a bit harsh on. On some of the refereeing decisions, um, but I thought probably overall I'd say Charlton probably edged the first half. It was a bit bitty. Um, they had an effort um, was blocked and went from a corner. They did this quite a bit. I thought having shots into a crowd of men, which is yep. a bit strange. They had another cross from the left and flicked on and went wide from the big striker. Another cross and, and a block from a corner um, shot. Another shot blocked and went for a corner. And yeah, they had chances, but they weren't even really half chances, were they?
1: No, I think I remember turning around and talking to some of the the lads who were sitting around me socially distanced at the game and, and we were saying you know it hadn't been much of a watch that first half you know you, you credited town for for being in it and it wasn't like we were hanging on in there it was reasonably competitive although i would agree with what you put here i think charlton probably did edge it but i think there was only one shot on target by both teams in the game so it wasn't like there was massively amount of, of clear-cut chances in this first half um i think it was the, the miller shot that we had from the angle on the right hand side was our only shot on target and that was on like 40 43 minutes and they went down the other end and had their shot on target on 44 but before that there was very little to write home about. I suppose the observations were the defence looked a bit more solid against some actual genuine quality at this level. Um, you know, they, they they sort of worked as well as a three, um, which is good because there's been games this season where that same three have been problematic, but I thought they played particularly the big striker they had up front, who eventually they saw off in the second half. He got subbed off, but initially it looked like he was going to cause them all sorts of trouble. And actually it was one of those games which suited us because he was all physicality and that's exactly what Pierre and Ebanks thrive on. So I think that, that may be played into our hands a little bit.
0: Um, yeah, I thought we were. I thought that we were, again, there always felt like there was going to be an error in this back three. There wasn't, though. No, that's the positive. <laughs> Sorry?
1: There wasn't this week, though. That was the positive. No, but
0: it always felt like there's going to be one. I thought mm. we got away with a few things a few times. Yeah, maybe. Um, and yeah, I guess probably the best efforts we really had um, was, um, yeah, Warley um, basically put a killer through ball to Miller, who shot. Um, but it was easily saved by uh, uh, Amos, who's. Probably the best goalkeeper in this division.
1: Yeah, they had loads of players' names you'd heard of. You know, they have genuine quality in their team, don't they? And um, but you know, we did well, nullifying them as much as we could. And as I say, we, it was a fairly blunt first half with with a few chances. They had one that sort of spiralled across the box. They could have tapped in, and and we had one that was a cross that looked like it might drop for someone back post, but never quite did it. But they were the sorts of half chances that they were creating. Um, but you know, that was it really. We saw ourselves through to half time, and everyone was fairly pleased. It was a good applause off. And I think the one thing that was notable on Saturday, particularly in the second half, was. The appreciation of the effort that was going on by the town players, Ollie. I'm not sure whether that came across I follow, but half-time during periods of the game where we did some good pressing or, or we did some nice passing, genuine, you know, good applause. And I can only think, again, like the Oxford game, I do honestly think that having a crowd in there and just getting some appreciation for the good moments that are happening, it's maybe giving us an extra 1% or 2%. You know, we're not brilliant. We're not back to beating everybody. But there, there can be no argument for me, having been to these three games, that the, um, that, that the crowd haven't helped them a little bit. And I, and I think that's a positive, Ollie.
0: Yeah I think uh, I guess in defense or in kind of the counter to that the players I think have, have been trying all year I think mm-hmm. only really Ipswich you know, pop um, sorry posh away were kind of down tools I think they have been quite committed but yeah definitely um particularly in this game and the commitment to the end um, was 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 clearly a, a massive positive um and yeah it led to us getting something from this game um, second half I thought was had a lot more talking points um definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I thought we, we started the game probably a bit better maybe than than than, than Charlton. Um, basically, yeah, counter-attack, Pugh to doe to Norburn, who plays in a nice cross in the box, nothing doing. Ado got fouled, but the referee didn't do anything again, which is a bit frustrating. And we attack again, Miller comes and tracks inside, and shoots his left foot and hits the crossbar. A really good shot, good shot I yeah. thought. But I thought it was just interesting, kind of, you described that whole attack, because we actually had an attack which had several parts to it, and it's almost like when, when, you know, in recent, this season, we've kind of attacked and if it doesn't work, it kind of fails and we don't. But we seem to be able to create a bit of momentum and a bit of pressure.
1: I think that links back to what I just said about half-time and the clapping during the first half as well, is that there was a notable thing. Like I, I heard someone behind me, and it wasn't me brother and me dad, it was a row behind that, and it was during the first half. We played a really nice sequence of passes down the right-hand side, and the guy remarked to his friend, we're playing a bit of football here, and it was almost like a shock because we haven't really been doing that this season. And, and again, you, that, that moment you created there, it was really good, and, and, and there was a audible applause for it, and I think that that is giving the players the, the comfort that to play like that and get back to that level is what the fans are going to want to see so it's almost a bit of a, a union between the fans and, and the team really but yeah I, I thought you know there was a couple of moments like that that counter there where we did pretty well um i think
0: um an interesting thought on that as well yeah. glenn is there's probably ain't many fans that have, you know, i'm sure there's you know probably maybe a couple of hundred mm-hmm. but i bet there ain't that many fans that have watched every single game that we have because even fans <laughs> that you know a lot of fans we know have not bothered by certain games
1: well, i haven't bothered um, buying so the pizza So you know,
0: a bit. Quite surprised. I think it's an interesting thought that people are going, "Oh, we're actually playing a bit of football now," because they're probably their expectations are so low.
1: I genuinely agree with that. I've heard of a lot of people who, even with the iFollow codes, have just listened to the radio because they just they don't really like watching the streams. And and not many people have been getting those or streams. You know, football. Yes, yeah, exactly. Why you, Why would you keep paying ten pound every week to get the stream of a of a Sam Ricketts team that was uninteresting to watch? Whereas I suspect you know maybe the iFollow numbers probably went up the last couple of games because it's a bit different and you want to see how the new manager's getting on. And I and I do feel like you. You know, we said about the Oxford game, a few people in the ground were sort of saying this is the first time I've watched them this season. You know, I heard a couple of people saying that around me and particularly one person I spoke to pre-match. So I guess these first three games are maybe some of the first football town fans have watched this season in terms of of their team live. um, And and, And then just
0: hearing stuff secondhand and stuff or, yeah, listening to the radio and reading match reports or looking on social media. So, yeah, I thought it was just an interesting point. Um, Yeah, yeah, so one thing
1: both say to start this half of is, one thing I thought I noticed, I mean, Vela had a great game the whole game. It definitely took maybe a, another five yards forward in his position in as we started the second half, and that absolutely helped. Say, he's found even more space, um, and he got forward more as well, and that was a massive bonus for me second half, because um, he wasn't playing the 10 role, but he played a, a more attacking, you know, deeper line midfielder role, which we, we've not I, seen too I much this season. Was,
0: I, don't was, I don't think that was through design.
1: Oh, okay. I think we definitely that did it. Was,
0: yeah, but I, th- I think we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that in a bit. Because I've got um, a friend of mine as a Charlton fan and he was commenting on something similar. So we'll come back to that. But I think it's an interesting thought. Again, it's that cause and effect thing, isn't it? You don't necessarily know. Is it, is it a tactical plan or is it a consequence of something else? Um, so, um, yeah, I thought it was a, a few good efforts for Shrewsby here. Um, but, yeah, the same, same is true for Charlton. Um, so Miller loses the ball um, and, and Charlton counter-attack. Um, they tried to get the ball in the box. Cross comes over to, to Gilby, who fires wide. Who was a threat all game.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then there was a really bizarre moment where the goalkeeper tried to do a short pass out, and Audo just <laughs> kind of got the ball. His cross was blocked. Came back to Ebanks, who played a nice long pass to Daniels. The ball was cleared, and then um, Charlton counter attack again. And yeah, it was it was quite a, a kind of yeah front and back kind of game. It was up and down quite a bit, wasn't it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we certainly, you know, at 0-0 against a team you might have expected a point to be a good result. One one of the things I noticed that was good, but then maybe cost us a few minutes later, we'll talk about it, was we, we definitely wanted to go toe-to-toe to a team. You know, we definitely played more front football than you couldn't say we were passive. You know, that word seems to be something we maybe can leave in the Ricketts era olly at times. Um... And, and Cottrell seems to want us to play a bit more attacking, and you know, the, the, one of the things I noticed is that players are moving more and, and trying to create more angles for passes than and being as, as static as they've been at times, and all these sorts of things make it a better watch. And you make it that we might be able to unlock a team. We still haven't quite figured out in the final third all the time, but there's definitely the building blocks of midfield maybe working a little bit better. I think. But,
0: it's but, interesting you observe that, Glenn, because mm-hmm. uh, right at the end of um, um, battle listening to the whole manager press conferences pre and post. Okay, I'm not and, sure. And um, he said that um you know they've been doing a lot of prep for games, a lot based on video and stuff, because obviously they don't want to tire the players out. Mm. They said, but when they were have been working, they've been talking about um doing transition play and preparing for that. So that's been quite interesting. Okay. And he's talking about that they're working on transitions um, and different phases of play. And he said that he was seeing some things he said he saw before the Oxford game came out today. And some of the things they work for Stanley came out today and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's very interesting you pick up patterns of play. Um, and that's something they've been working on.
1: Yeah, I don't have the extra eye follow, so I haven't listened to any of the additional. Com- 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 we talked about this last week, didn't we? You listen to those, and you can add that extra context, which is great for the podcast. But yeah, fascinating. I just, I just thought it was, bit, you know, they're a bit more dynamic in there, and and Vela offers a bit more legs, I think, in terms of, of trying to just step up forward, and it it really works second half. I would say, however, it does, does still leave us exposed to counters, and and I thought Charlton would probably looked their most dangerous on those counters. They had a couple of and they really are good really ones. Really
0: good on the counters. yeah. So in terms of the um, the um, the who scored kind of analysis of their team. Um, yeah, scoring on the counter is their strength, and yep. um also the manager said that you know if they were gonna score it was likely to be on a counter and that's the way it kind of went.
1: Yeah, I mean they gave us a few warnings just before that we dealt with really well, to be honest with you. We did we did come back, but I think there was two or three in a row where maybe maybe we just got caught a bit a bit out of position, a bit out of fitness. And yeah, that's where the goal came from unfortunately. And um yeah, we were a bit pulled all over the place, weren't we, from people pushing up the pitch and um to be fair to to be fair to Charlton we, there was a deflection at the end of it. It was fair to Charlton they played it really well, didn't they? And the, the cutback was just the cutback they needed. Fine, it took a deflection and went past Sarkic, but I thought it was a it was a pretty effective counter attack.
0: Yeah, I guess two kind of comments. Um, One, some people were criticising Ebanks. I don't really think there's much he could do. He was kind of hit at him.
1: Yeah. Did it go down as an own goal?
0: I can't remember. It should have done. Um, It should have done because it did. Maybe they they put it down as Ben Watson. Maybe because I thought he was going in anyway. Yeah, um, it but for harsh. me I do not think there was much and then there was interesting one so I watched this game back I saw some people criticising the captain on Twitter at the time and mm. I watched it back and I wasn't sure and I kind of you know you know, we don't profess to be experts at football and I kind of put it out there I'm not <laughs> sure what was the best thing and then yeah Andy Davis who was on the podcast last week popped up on my timeline and said no what Norburn did was wrong uh, yeah. he was conscious that they had a player on the on the left flank attacking and Norburn had also had Watson to do and what um, Apuli Strew said is that You should go for the man who's in the box, who's closest to the ball. And he didn't do that. He was maybe two metres to the left of him. Um, And by the time he got the ball, he couldn't get to him. Um, so yeah, interesting f- insight from Pooley, but yeah, a shame shame he didn't close him down because he maybe could have stopped or blocked the shot.
1: I mean, to be fair, there was a few of them caught up pitch, wasn't there? Um, yeah, Miller was great. way up. Miller was, Miller was way up, but it, obviously he was involved in that attack just before, wasn't he? So um, yeah, it, it's 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 unfortunate. And it was, it was interesting because I talk about how good the crowd were and how much they lifted them, but man, it went silent for about five minutes after they scored. There just was this... Just this, I got this feeling of a sense of déjà vu. It's happening again. You know, even when we play well, we've fallen behind from some pretty lacklustre defending and uh, an annoying deflection. And it was almost like a sort of uh, just a. It just a kind of acceptance again of these things that are just going to keep happening, and you know you wanted you wanted to see us kind of get back at it straight away, um, like we did against Accrington. When we got back into it, and obviously we didn't score straight away this time. But I do feel like again we've got a bit of a reaction, Ollie, that we maybe weren't seeing a few weeks ago, and they kind of tried to get back at it straight away, and and yeah, and we we did keep pressing them to try and get that goal. And to be honest with you, from when they scored, they did sit back a little bit. They like a lot of teams do against us,
0: Ollie. Yeah, yeah. So I was chatting to my mate Stuart. Um, who's a child's season ticket holder, and he thought, well, kind of summary said, like, you know, deserve that point, you have strong feelings, we weren't going to get a hold on. It's really funny, um, Stuart, um, remember when we were playing them in the playoffs, and Nolan scored that wonder goal? I've got, I should say,
1: Ollie, I should just say, I now have, from, I think they're called iconic design, I now have on the back of my mobile phone, a John Nolan scoring that volley phone cover. So there we go.
0: (laughs) It's really funny that Stuart was... Had similar feelings to that game because he said, you know, he actually put a bet that Shrews were going to score that game on his phone because he just could see it coming. Um, and yeah, he said that, you know, as soon as we score, they scored, they just sat back so deep. So that comes back to your Vela point. I thought he got more forward because they were sitting so deep. We were winning the balls back. Um, and then he was then charging forward. So yep. that doesn't take anything away from his performance. No. But again, it's that cause and effect that um, yep. they sat really deep. They were basically in their own box defending, and that gave um, Vela and, and Norman license to kind of push forward a bit.
1: You wonder whether it was Vela's intelligence to, to recognise that a bit more or something Cottrell or had told them to do. Or, yeah, no. yeah, I think it's probably Cottrell. You know, we've seen a couple of times under Cottrell, um, I think maybe it was the game on Accrington where or it might have been Saturday. I can't remember which one it was now. But uh, someone came on with a massive list of uh, a paper with all the instructions on. And when they sl- slightly t- changed the tactic at one point, so he's clearly getting his message out there. And again, three games in now, we're observing that he is a very vocal manager. He's he's kicking every ball. He's he's you know basically giving them instructions every minute at the moment. And that's you know he's new to the team, and, and that's what he needs to do, isn't he? But yeah, definitely a, a bit of a different approach. Um, I don't maybe that's not different to Ricketts because he was all shouting as well. But um, yeah, he's he's another vocal manager. But um, yeah, we came at them, didn't we? And kept kept going yeah. and, and controlled. Controlled the rest of the game I thought and and yeah all in all I, I thought that the rest of this game it was a matter of time until we were going to score but at the back of my mind I thought well we're not because it's the way the season's going <laughs> So, um but yeah it felt like the next goal was probably going to be us
0: Yeah and well, we, we had some good attacks now, it's really interesting from an XG graph, theirs just flat and ours just went up Um so yeah, um Salad kept on pressing and Daniels had a shot blocked and Edwards was in the box and had the, the ball knit from off him um, and then Josh Daniels is quick to um, to quick, quick to the press and, and tackles Matson. Um, and then basically the, the ball comes to Norburn to Daniels, who wanted the ball under pressure, which I thought was really good and positive that Daniels wants the ball. Um, he gets tackled, but then Vela wins it. And then yeah, Williams decides not to tackle, which was a key moment for him. <laughs> um, and then he drives into the box. Um, and then um, yeah, and then Amos tips it onto the bar. And then Josh Daniels comes in, controls it, and shoots. And if he just almost was leaning back, he would have kicked that into the back of the net. But he shot at the goalkeeper. Um, And for me, yeah, that was just... uh, I just couldn't believe we couldn't score. And even Wally had an opportunity when it came off the keeper but he was on his left foot and he couldn't get to it. And yeah, crazy, crazy moment. Um, All came from Shrewsbury pressing, working hard. Um, and trying to get that goal.
1: I, I put that down to a bit of a bit. It was a bit harem him that whole moment, but it was desire to kind of keep bombing in there and, and having chances. But there was a massive lack of composure, something we've been missing all season. And um, it just needs There's someone... There's too much
0: composure from Josh Daniels. Maybe his one, but the Wally Wally one I reckon he would have scored.
1: Yeah, the initial chance, I agree. He did have time to. But then after that, with all the scrambles and stuff, it was all a bit harem-scarum, wasn't it? And it just. Sometimes you just wish that someone had the confidence of having got five or six goals ready this season to just take that extra touch and place it somewhere instead of just hitting it first time. And we do snatch at shots still a little bit, which is probably one of the reasons we're still not scoring from open play very often, Ollie. But, you know, again, hopefully with with not losing and maybe getting a win and the confidence, that might allow the players to stop being quite, quite so snatchy at chances. But, yeah, the first chance was great and it was a bit unlucky to be fair but the rest of them were a bit a bit snatchy <laughs> as, as that movement went on but it did feel a little bit like I can't, I can't you know that was one of those moments where everyone around was like i can't believe we haven't scored there again
0: yeah it was crazy mm. um, and then so this is something that we just don't see enough so a really not long pass from warburn um from norburn wally chests it down and coming shoots and fires wide Like yep. how many times do we have a striker that shoots anywhere near the box And that's something that Cummings does offer. Um, Be interested to see what happens with Cummings in the next few months. Um, And then, yeah, (laughs) Vela wins the ball, um, headed out by Charlton, who are so deep. Um, And then Norbert has that effort that was saved by the keeper. And that was a good, good opportunity.
1: Yeah, it just but it just wasn't happening, was it? Unfortunately, yeah. they were just either wide or straight at the keeper, and and just that that lack of final, final, final quality in, in the final moment. But um, yeah, it, it luckily didn't cost us in the end, did no. it? So um, yeah, Dave Edwards had come on as well as Cummins and a few other subs. I think we made maybe four on Saturday. Um, but yeah, Edwards, I thought when he came on, showed the desire and heart you want to see. And um, yeah, it was his it was his his fight really to get into the box that that um that won the penalty. And we won't talk about his handball previously to that, Ollie. We'll move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so so basically, um, yeah, the number nineteen for Charlton, Conroy, who he was, kicks the ball up, but he doesn't just—he kicks it, but it goes backwards, so yeah. it's high and backwards into their box. And Edwards, I would say, he smells the danger just from experience. He's just yeah. like, "Oh, I'm going to get on this." Wise head, and then yeah, th- like they Charlton failed to to control it. Um, it bounces and it hits Edwards' arm, <laughs> and then it bounces in front of him. Gunter pulls him, fouls him. Uh, Gunter puts his hands on his head and his he shoulders down, um, and Edwards said to the manager, "It was definitely a penalty. But yep. It was also definitely a handball from Edwards." So while yep. we bemoaned the referee earlier, um, mm. yeah, we were a little bit lucky there.
1: Yeah, we've had a few weird ones, haven't we, with penalties in the last week or so? You know, yeah,
0: it was um, a hard one for the referee to see. To be fair, yeah, I, like, I didn't, I didn't notice it until someone mentioned it on Twitter, and I watched it back and, and noticed it. It was. Yeah. It's quite hard in the melee of men and bodies.
1: Because we, we talk about how unlucky we can get at times, but in all honesty, at the Akron's game, we didn't even mention it in the agenda because there was a lot to cover, but there was a stone wall penalty Brad Walker gave away just before they got there, so um, we we could have given two penalties away against Accrington. So maybe we've had a few weird decisions this week, but maybe, maybe that's a bit of luck that we need. But yeah, it was Norburn stepped up to take the penalty and his record's pretty mad now, isn't it? Hasn't he scored like yeah. nine from ten penalties? And the one yeah, he had yes. saved, he put the rebound in, so he's pretty reliable on
0: pens. Yeah, he was. And he noticed that the, the keeper moved to his left and he yeah. just fired it to, to the other side. And uh. yeah, really 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 good um, sorry he dived to his right Norburn's left and yeah he fired it at home and it was yeah fantastic fantastic and yeah we, about time we had a bit of luck I thought
1: yep and two goals this week on 95 minutes and one went against us and one went for us but, but the annoying thing about it is you know if we'd have you know kept the win against Accrington and lost against Charlton we'd have more points do you know what I mean that's the, that's yeah. the frustrating thing about it you, you kind of almost would, would exchange neither of those goals wouldn't you for, for this week and, and, the, and the net result being three points instead of two but you know two points is better than one, so um, I suppose you've got to look at it that way but yeah, a tale of 95 minute penalties I suppose this week and um, we came out on the better end of it and the fans left with a bit of more buoyancy I think than they would have done with a loss Ollie, um, which would have been a bit of a kick to morale I think even with the better performance but um, a point was decent against a good Charlton team um, and the best thing about this was uh, Lee Boyer's post-match interview where he had a massive tantrum Ollie um, and he really wasn't very pleased and he looked like he was about to cry so always good to get one on Mr. Boyer isn't it?
0: Yeah it's funny because obviously when we first had <laughs> That that kind of moment with him, and he wasn't very happy in the playoffs. <laughs> he's come a long way since then, he's um, a and he's done. A, he's been he's a really really good manager, um, but he's clearly not happy with his players at all. Um, and even that, you, know, you wouldn't think, would you, that um, that you know they're a team that's in the hunt for for automatic promotion. You know they're fourth, fifths something like that in the league table.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's I, not
0: happy with their players' performance. Yeah,
1: he's had a good he's had a good season since our playoff game, but he's still one of those managers that I would happily see fail <laughs> at some point down the line. But as we know, I'm a bit of football fan, Ollie. We've been through that. Um, go back to positives then. Top three, Ollie, because again, a few people in with a shout.
0: Yeah, so I went for for Vella number one. He was for me. He was standout. out. Um, then I went for Norburn second, and then Pew as well. Pew was quite quiet, but he was quietly effective. I thought. I thought yeah. he had a good game.
1: Yeah, I went I went for the similar. I mean, Vela this week, the best thing about Vela is he's played a sort of deeper line midfield role and the number 10 role and been, you know, probably one of our best players in both games. Um, so he's showing that versatility, really, of, of how many positions he can cover in midfield. So yeah, he was clearly the man of the match on Saturday without scoring. Um, I went for a Doe second. Um, again, much like the Accrington game, I have enjoyed his... Hard work this week, and I'm I'm a big fan of hard work, Ollie, as you know. And I went for Wally third um, again because he played pretty well. So yeah, all in all, um, you know, there was a few people in with a shout. Really, I thought Pew did decent as well. Um, The defence were improved, and we we maybe should have been considering those as well. And again, Sarkic had another really good game, Ollie.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, maybe interesting discussion. Um, there's a lot of discussion. Um, so obviously there was a lot of discussion about the manager now, and he's gone. Um, and I'd put <laughs> this into the podcast before, and then we had a question from Lewis Cox. So he said a question to us too, both on Twitter. He said, question for you guys. Um, I'm curious, I'm not giving an opinion here. Is Norburn being made a scapegoat? Um, captain, st- um, stroke, um, price tag, or both? My opinion is he hasn't had. Um, you know, he hasn't been great this season, but many, many others have been poor too.
1: Oh yeah, true. True enough. I, For me, you know, I'm going to have a slightly higher opinion of a player like Norburn when we've spent so much money on him. He's been here so long. It's not like he's adjusting to our team and he is the captain and I don't see much leadership in most of the time, which is interesting because we didn't talk during this game, Ollie, about the fact that on two separate occasions during this game, Mark Pugh tore a strip off from um, Norburn on the pitch. Which... what is
0: leadership though? Well... Like, what is leadership in a captain? Is it is it spitting and swearing and shouting or is it actually coaching and, you know, being that guy who talks at half-time? So, I think there's just I don't know maybe even more than half that we don't see so I understand what you're just going to say now but I think it's to be fair the stuff that he might do he might phone players in the week you know he might be really good at tra- training but you're going to talk about what you see on the match day aren't you <laughs> yeah,
1: it clearly hasn't helped does has it because we've not won well, but I'm games, saying that so... you don't know
0: do you, you I, <laughs> it, there's a lot of things go into it I think yeah I just I thought anyway anyway what's your thoughts on him as this kind of captain
1: yeah, well, I said about captain. I don't, I don't see it. I, I, you know, I'd make Dave Edwards captain now just because it unifies the club a bit more, and you know, clearly he's got a lot more experience and has been through it as captain Wolves at time in the Premiership. You know, so to me, he stands out as a better candidate. It's not about whether he's he's a good captain or not at the moment. It's about his form and how I'm judging him. And I, I do think he's playing below a level that he should be playing at. I, I've always said on this podcast, I think he's a really talented player, Ollie, and I was really glad that we signed him. And he's clearly got some raw attributes, but. But the combination of injury, since he had that really bad injury, is personal issues and other various things. Up until this week, he'd been very poor this season for me. Um, I got shouted out for calling him garbage this week, and maybe that is harsh. I'll, I'll take that on the chin. But I don't think he's been great. And I totally agree that other players haven't been great either. But he, he does stand out as, as the the focal point of our midfield, a really important part of the team. He's been here a long time compared to some, and he is, he is the club captain, and he is supposed to be our leader. And to oversee a period where you know, we've lost not one in 10 games and we've been some of the worst form we've ever had in the club's history. That's got to hurt him just as much as it hurts fans. Now, I would agree with people who've been coming back and saying this week, he has been getting better in these last two games in Cottrell. Fine, I think he's had improved performances. I don't disagree with that so much. But, you know, there's a long way back for for me to to consider him to, to, you know, be someone that would would I be too fussed if he went this summer. Right now, I wouldn't be. And there must be better League One players out there. But... You know, it's up to him now to step back to the levels he was at and show us the rest of the season the player that Ollie Norburn can be. And if he's moving, I suspect he'll do that because most players, when they're about to leave for a free transfer in the summer, suddenly start playing their best football in the last six months. So if he does, fine, it might up a up, But I'm intrigued to see where it goes with Norburn because there was clearly a lot of people even getting frustrated with him, particularly at the Accrington game um, and, and a bit on Saturday as well. But, you know, he's not a busted flush. and you know, not, I'm not wanting him to go. It's just He's just not at the level I want him to be. But then a lot of them aren't, I suppose, Ollie.
0: So what for me? I think he he plays a, a role that I think is a challenge for him to be a, someone that you know is going to stand out. He's playing box to box in midfield, and it was interesting. I thought that Pacific Strew pointed out. He said that he does a lot of stuff that he thought that you know fans might m- might not see, which I think is is fair. Um, but what would you like to see him if you can, if he's going to do really well for you? What kind of performances uh, as concisely as possible? What kind of performances would you like to see from him? What do you want to see more of?
1: he doesn't score enough goals even though he's deep he should still score more goals than he does he plays pretty much every game and his contribution to goals other than penalties is next to nothing which is pretty poor for a league one midfielder playing 40-50 games a season um, he gives the ball away too much for me Oli and he's, he's been noticeable even in these two games that he's coughed up possession too much um, so that's something he definitely needs to work on and you know again he's been a bit more dynamic in the last two games but the amount of times he's been passive along with the rest of the team this season and even at the end of last season and, and during that what was it that 10 game run we had under Ricketts um, at the end of two 2000- thousand two thousand nineteen started to two thousand twenty. No, he was he was in and amongst it then as well, I think, um, just before he got his injury and, and so yeah, he's he's been passive and it it's neat I, I suppose you're right. We need a refresh. Do we need to take a step back now and say, look, we're in a Cottrell era, should we look at every player with a fresh pair of eyes? For me that's difficult. A lot of these lads have let us down and got us into some shit that Cottrell's trying to rescue us from. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look at them the rest of the season unless things pick up dramatically with quite a, a poor eye. But but I think we've picked up Norburn because it's been part of the discussion this week on Twitter. But I could say this thing about Pierre. I could say the same thing about Ebanks. So, you know, they're all kind of in the same boat for me at the moment. It's just that Norburn's the captain, so he will have that little stand up, stand out above, I think.
0: I think his position about his passing, I think, is a bit unfair. When you look at his pass <sighs> maps, he only gave the ball away a few times. And both the time he gave the ball away when he's actually trying to ball into the box. So I think his passing is fine. I, th- I feel he's. I think he's just. A bit, he's now the, the next skate dope down. First we had Sam Ricketts, and now it's Norburn, um, and I don't think his performances are as bad as people are making out. Um, yeah, he, he's clearly not playing the top of his form. No near. Um, but for me, I think it's just odd that, um, and you alluded to it when you just when you were speaking just then that you know Norburn's getting all this this comments, But how many mistakes have the central defenders made?
1: yeah loads but, we've, but, but but on this podcast we've continually slagged the central defenders Ollie no, but, we've been, but, we yeah, were we really have, really kind to Norburn fans, at the start of this season but you don't I think. see
0: the fans talking about the defenders like they do Ollie Norburn
1: Oh, I don't know, I do. I've seen the defenders getting absolute pelters, especially on Blue and Amber and stuff like that on Facebook. I think everybody's come under pressure. But I just, I just think that, you know, as a captain who's leading a team through a really, really difficult patch, you are going to come under pressure. It's the same under same under most managers. Uh, uh, sorry, and same for any captain. It could be Norburn. If if Edwards was captain and we lost 10, 10 games in a row, I think he'd be getting pelters as well. So it's it's not surprising. And, and you know, this isn't this isn't just me and you having our discussion on it. You, you look at it. it. He is a bit of a Marmite player at the moment, Ollie. You can't disagree with that. There's a sort of maybe 50-50 split. About how people view him, I think, and so that's why it's generated the discussion this week, hasn't it? Because there's definitely a, a difference of view between our fans. It's not universal praise and not universal sort of annoyance, really.
0: Yeah, I just think he gets a lot more than others. Maybe it's just because he's simply captain. I'm not yeah. sure. I reckon uh, it's probably, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's some interesting one. I'm sure he, you know, he'd, he he himself admitting you know, his performances haven't been there where he wants them to be. I, uh, yeah. Fingers crossed, he can get back to some better form because he he Hopefully. probably needs a rest but clearly you know, we can, there's more to come from him.
1: And Ollie, that's a brilliant point, probably the best place to leave it. And I think that maybe the reason he's getting a little bit more grief than some other players is he hasn't had that rest. He hasn't been out suspended. He hasn't missed a game in the league for ages. He's been Mr. Number 1 throughout this 10-game run, the captain. And I think that it's the fact that he's played so much and not had that rest when other players have been out of form and been dropped that is beginning to make people think, OK, maybe that's the next change. Why not give Walker a goal in his position because he hasn't let us down this season? So maybe that adds to the debate a little bit as well, Ollie.
0: Yeah, the only thing I'd just say just to close it off is he's the only player that I regularly hear opposition managers talk about. Um, you know, we had um, Joe Barton talking about him when he was talking about, so he's clearly someone that you saw. And also in the manager um, post-match, he's about Norburn, he said, you know, yeah, so basically, yeah, he was talking about um, Norburn and he said he's been great um, as a captain and leader and he ain't a bad player. I think there's more for him to come and he was then complimenting both Norben and Vela in that game so yeah, it's, it's interesting I think, yeah, it's interesting discussion I'm sure it's one that we'll rumble on
1: but yeah, I guess when you compare someone like Norbert, the manager's even agreeing with what a lot of people are saying. There's more to come. He's not playing to his best But he also said he was
0: great as well, which I haven't yeah. seen many people say. But
1: he's also said he's not playing as good as he can. So I think no, it's, no, no, that's no, what I mean. No, that's why he, he splits fans. There's more
0: to come for him because he can get even better. That's quite different to what he said. He said he's a good player and there's more to come. He's not saying he was below par and he can get good.
1: But Ricketts kept saying that about players and they never seem to kick on, unfortunately. So, I don't know, Ollie. If you asked me whether he'll be here next year, I, I wouldn't. Would you sign a new contract to shoot down if you are Norburn? He's got two years captain in a League One team under his belt. He'll probably go and move on somewhere else for a bit more money. I can't, I can't see him being here. So, I hope he picks his form up to get a move and, and help save us, to be honest with you, Ollie. That would be the best for both parties. But... Who knows he's been a decently long servant he's he's tried his best I can't ever really criticize his commitment at most most periods of time, but it's definitely been the the subject that's been going on these last few weeks and and I think it's about time we we did have a discussion about it so interesting to see what people think ollie and um I'm sure it'll rumble on until he he really has a, a genuinely good game because he hasn't had a, a ninety minute good game for quite a long time now for me ollie so We'll see. Um, just one last thing to go completely off tangent, Ollie. I wanted to just re- relate this story about my mum um, because she managed to, uh, she obviously isn't coming because of Covid, and she went to watch the Charlton game on Saturday. Um, and so if her battery ran out on her laptop halfway through and she was watching it and she got it back on and spent 10 minutes before she realised that she was watching a stream of a game um, about three matches ago so, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was hilarious and I did say to her I'd tell people about that one because she was like why are they talking about Sam Ricketts still and then she realised the, the, the team she was watching were playing in a different colour so well done mum good good work and I'm sure that everyone's having other I, I follow issues still I did see there were some more on Saturday but there we go I just thought I'd slit, slit, slit that one in at the end of this discussion about um, Norburn to, to raise Spirits sorry, we haven't talked about what Cottrell said yet either have we, so let's wrap this game up
0: Yeah, so again, really interesting post-match it's just so refreshing just to actually get some kind of information, some, yeah, it's good. something to discuss and think about, so yeah, he said that we thought we deserved a and um, we thought we did enough in the end to win um, we deserved to win the game in the end um, yeah, he said he, said he, did, he thought it he did look like our third game in seven days um, interesting again, just a bit of honesty from the manager which is something that Ricketts would never do he'd always say their fitness is excellent um, yeah, he said the players, I hope they realise how far they've come in a week. We had some great chances and they made some great saves. Um, and he said he thought that Nordbend's chance would go past a few keepers in this this league. Um, and he said, you know, the, said, you know we'll said, we get better on the ball as time comes. Um, it's been a tough month. Um, and he thought, he said the subs did well. But he was really keen to kind of press, stress that, you know, he's, he's basically going to give the players credit for that and not himself. I thought he was interested in He says that he doesn't do social media. Thank God. <laughs> good job, because
1: they have one on Twitter still. Um, that's fine. Yeah, he's he's much more, he's much more open in terms. Of, he's a bit more like we said about Hurst in terms of giving a bit more detail, didn't we? Which you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, which was a good observation. So it should make our podcast a bit more interesting going through his comments. Um, yeah, we talked about Bowie a few minutes, didn't we? That was the last thing. I, I, he pulled the player off, didn't he? After twenty two minutes, that Johnny Williams, who's yeah, quite an did. experienced player, which was hilarious.
0: Yeah, he did that. That was in the the the, the attack we described. Yeah, where yeah. he pulled out, and he clearly <laughs> did pull out. Um, yeah, so he got subbed off, which was, um, yeah, imagined <laughs> imagine interesting for that player.
1: Oh, well, there we go. And, yeah, that's that's it, really. So two points from the week, Ollie. Could have been more, could have been less. It's one of those weeks, isn't it? But, um, you know, some steps forward. We still haven't got that win, and i am I'm, say I've set out about how important I think that is. Um, but we'll move on to a bit of south news now, and looking forward to head to playing the first and second in the league. we in front of thousands of their fans
0: at this end of Wembley. It's ball! Henderson comes up with the goods for Shrewsbury Town. So, Glenn, obviously you had the, the fortune opportunity to go back to the ground. So, yeah, what was it like being back in the ground this week?
1: Yeah, so I, I've mentioned it before, have I? But, yeah, again, just good to get back to Saturday, well, on a Saturday and a Wednesday-slash-Tuesday-night routine, I suppose. And both games, I felt there like was more there on Saturday a little bit. Yeah, it sounded louder as well yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. The, the south standing was definitely busier on the Saturday I think Ollie um, and that was what was leading the chanting although it wasn't allowed enough for me to get a Steve Cottrell's Barmy Army chant for the podcast yet so we'll <laughs> have to go with generic intros for the moment but yeah just great and it was one of those the Saturday particularly I took the kids back to their first game since January um, and they they loved it we had a really good day out um, and you know met some friends my parents and my dad were there well me, my dad and my brother were there as well quite close to us so just everybody I think who was there came away even with the results on both games feeling it was great to be back in that kind of routine um, and the best thing, Ollie, which you're gonna be missing out on, is there's a, a pulled pork van out the back of the south stand, which has got um f- you know fresh pork from a local uh farm just up the road from Shropshire in Shropshire. So mate, you need to get back just to have a pulled pork butty, I think.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, sounds good. I was, I saw um some who do they support? I can't remember who it was, but they tried to create a match day experience with a pie at half time, which I thought was quite <laughs> funny. Um but yeah, for me it was um Jaffa Cakes and tea at half time. Oh, there we um,
1: go. It's better than nothing.
0: Yeah, it is. So um yeah, so there's a few. We've mentioned it and alluded to it a few times um, about a bit of normality. Hmm. Um, so first of all, we kind of had um, a new assistant manager. So um, Aaron Wilberham came in. Um, so he's only just retired. He was playing last year, and he was forty. I know. Forty-one he had- now. Um, he's he, so he, he played um, for um, Steve Cottrell and the Bristol City side. Um, and when you've, you read a bit about him online, he sounds like a right character. Um, He's also done his UEFA B licence as well. So he's fully qualified. And for me, I think it was interesting. um, And he said that the manager mentioned this when he interviewed him or spoke to him about the job. I imagine he didn't really actually think he had an interview. And he said that, you know, he's a bit younger. So it's really interesting the manager thought about that. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, he comes in at a good age and he'll be that good link to the players, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, to me, all I read about him is, is his professionalism towards fitness as he got yeah. older was something that he was renowned for within the game. And that is something we're going to need. I mean, he's probably, you know, we've talked about how any new fitness team or, or a coach coming in are not really going to affect core fitness levels now until next summer. But he'll certainly be a man that'll be decent to have around next preseason because I think the expectations for the players will be much higher than they were this summer, maybe, Ollie.
0: Yeah. And I think actually, um, interesting point about fitness. And I feel really sorry for the fitness guys. Um, because a lot of people are going, oh, bring back Skitty and all this stuff. And yes, Skitty is obviously a fine physio. But I, you have to question how much time the fitness guys have had to work with the team. And I thought it was really interesting that the manager mentioned in his pre-match for the game on Saturday that he'd got the fitness team working with the players that hadn't played to do some extra fitness. Mm. So I do feel it's a little bit harsh on the fitness guys. I understand people kind of want a change and stuff because, you know, that assumes there's going to be difference. But I do feel a bit sorry for the guys because clearly it wasn't something that was high on the priority list of, of the former manager.
1: No, and I, I think that, you know, the COVID situation is, has obviously affected that as well. And, and quite what the club were doing to keep on top of players during that period of time will be interesting to find out one day if anyone ever writes a book about it. But, you know, other 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 physios probably didn't have as much time during, during COVID as us as well. And we have been run rings round by a lot of teams this season. But yeah, you know, you don't want people getting sacked just for the sake of it, you know. It's it's a tricky situation, you know. They they will play a part in the, in the problems we've had with fitness this season, but who knows what Cottrell will do? I wouldn't be surprised to see him make some changes. Um, yeah, but what I mean some is, of the rumblings is, I hear, Ollie.
0: But if you're a, if you're if you're at work, Glenn and you're being only given half an hour a day to work with to do your job, that's what I'm trying to say. He's mm. got to question how much time you know was prioritised towards fitness. Yeah, because we're there are people who fair. say
1: I don't work half an hour yet, Ollie. So that's but you know better. what I mean. You know what I mean. That's why I'm just <laughs> yes. saying it's a bit
0: harsh. I think on the fitness guys, we don't know the true story. No, what's the, the, there.
1: if they're still here, the tail will be next summer, won't it? If we yeah. if we get into October next year and we're not at it, the races, then there's maybe a, a big it's argument to, to say then. that yeah. they're not the right staff. But yeah, there was that. So yeah, changes and, and also, while you didn't put it in the agenda, but something you like is we brought a recruitment yeah. coach in.
0: It's unbelievable. Like it's <laughs> like we actually think as a club that maybe it's a full time job to be recruiting players. Of course it is. Um, so yeah, so we've got um, a guy called Keith Burr who's come from Cambridge, and Cambridge have got some good players. You know they're doing well in the league, so yep. that bodes well. Um, he also worked with the manager before, so they both kind of he knows what the manager kind of wants in terms of players. And really mm-hmm. interestingly, um, Kotchur said that if they both have to agree on a player for him to be signed, so clearly Colvill will be involved in the recruitment process. Yep. But for me, it was. It was, for me, one of the things that really shocked me when Adam Henshaw went to the manager said that, you know, we don't do recruitment with, you know, analysts and scouting and stuff. It's all about my contact list. I'm sure we did a bit of scouting, but I think the scout was part time or something. So to actually have someone full time in that Henshaw role for me is is, is welcome news.
1: Hmm. I think if we're going to ever interview someone at the club next, um, depending on how much credit we've got with Brian <laughs> after the last few months, but it might be worth you know speaking to the club to see if we could get an interview with the recruitment guy, because that would be a part of the side I'd like to understand a little bit more about. I'm yeah. sure you'd be fascinated with that, so maybe that's yeah. one for our agenda down the line. But um, yeah, there we go. I think, it's, I think it's all good. We were going to talk about the EPL grant as well this week, Ollie. I think we can knock that into next week because um, yeah. there's obviously still discussions going on about um, some, some, some of the funds and whether we can do transfers. So um, I think we will cover that, but we'll, we'll, we'll sort of get a bit more information on it because it only came out on Friday and Saturday, didn't it? But there we go. We've just got predictions, I suppose. And it's another hard week coming up, Ollie. We went for us to get hammered last week against Charlton and clearly that didn't happen. But are you thinking we're going to get hammered by Lincoln and Hull being first and second? Oh,
0: yeah. Who are we playing first? So we're playing... Um who are we playing first? Yeah, we're playing Lincoln in the, um, e- in the EFL trophy. Yeah. So that doesn't count. Um, yep. So, yeah, Hull on um, Saturday. <sighs> oh, it's a tough one. But, but I've got this renewed enthusiasm. Um, I'm going to go for a two-all draw. Okay. I don't want to depress
1: you too much, Arlie. We're playing Lincoln on Tuesday night in the football trophy. Then we're playing Hull next Saturday. Yep. Then we're playing Lincoln away the following Saturday in the league. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry. The, the but, at least got,
0: but at least the core <laughs> players will actually have this week off.
1: Oh, man. So we've got three games in a row against the top two in our league. That's going to be great, isn't it? Um, And then Sunderland at home after that, so it doesn't get any easier. God alive. I mean, yeah, I've I've got renewed optimism a little bit, but um, I am... am, There's a part of me that doesn't think we'll win this year, uh, you know, up to Christmas. I'm genuinely concerned about that, yeah. And so... I can see us losing at Hull, um, it being competitive, but I don't know. We'll lose maybe 3-1, I think I'd go for my prediction. But after that, you look, you know, Lincoln away, second in the league. Um, Sunderland at home, who are obviously having a bit of an up and down season, but a decent team at this level. Doncaster away, who we very rarely do well there. Um, And then Boxing Day's Wigan away, um, who are down with us. So that'll be a lot on that game. And then the last game is Shrewsbury versus Blackpool at home. So that- that's the one to me that looks the easiest winnable the yeah. rest of these games in the run-up to-, to, Chris- to the new year. Look, bloody hard.
0: Yeah, it is really hard. And I think we need to be quite patient with the manager. Mm. One with what time he's got, the quality of the players to work with, and just literally the, the fixture list. So yeah, we've played 15. Mm. So Hull have played 15 games this season, Glenn. And yep. they score, they've score. they won 10 games more than us. Oh, God. <laughs> in the last six. And they've won five and drawn one.
1: Well, I don't want to worry too much, Ollie. I'm literally flicking through a spreadsheet now to check because I'm pretty sure... Oh, yeah. So the worst run in the club's history in the league is 17 games without a win. And if we go all the way to Christmas, that's at 16 games. So, it's a record-breaking yeah. team. And sixteen sixteen is yeah, sixteen games is basically the end of the Ratcliffe um era and the first game in the in the conference. So we're at the levels of relegation talk there again. So yeah, we need to scrap a win out of some of these games. Um but I can't see it being whole. So there you go, I've had my prediction. But no. um so, there we go. You've got a competition, Ollie.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Um so the Art of Football contacted us and they said, Do you want to give away a free shirt or print? And I said, Yeah, well, oh, sure, cool. why not? Um so yeah, we'll do that competition on Twitter um so yeah i would think i'll start that on the on the 9th and they asked me to do it so oh, yeah free stuff for free why not
1: well if you've listened all the way to this podcast you have a heads up on on that coming forward don't <laughs> right? you so yeah. um yeah we've got to, to 20 20 20 minutes past the hour um but yeah our, our football stuff's really good actually i've, I've yeah. looked at their stuff before so um yeah good 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 bit of uh corporate sponsorship or something maybe down the line ollie but it's nice to do a competition every now and again so um yeah good good work on that I guess that's it it's been a first league week with Cottrell Ollie. things to be positive about but worries about that form um, so that's where I'm yeah. at really And where do we go next
0: yeah it's going to be interesting it's, Yeah, it's crazy he's, he's had a mental week um, and it's fair to say that he is an absolute football nut and apparently he yeah. says he hasn't done anything but yeah, basically managed Shrewsbury Town so yeah at least we're in safe hands um, and yeah, yeah it feels like we're in safe hands anyway uh, so yeah fingers crossed the week's ahead Hopefully we have some better results